Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. We do this every week. We go to them. We read the Bible together. So if you have yours today, or if you don't, it'll be on the screen for you. Turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke, I am your father. Chapter 8. As you turn to Luke chapter 8, I just want to read. Uh, We've been singing about this this morning, and I love, love, love when we just sing Scripture. And I just want to read the verses uh, straight from uh, Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. won't be on your screen, but but, I just want to read these words of Jesus as he says this about himself when he comes in and, and John encounters him on an island. This is when the book of Revelation was written. He encounters him, and this is what Jesus says. He says, do not be afraid. Jesus says, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Jesus is alive forever, evermore. I love that. So excited Jesus is alive. We're going to celebrate again just how good he is to us. But before we do this, I'm going to just um, uh, share some scripture with you today. And, but before we do that, I just want to take a moment and ask you just to bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. And if, uh, man, you, if you love talking to Jesus, I invite you just to talk to Jesus during this time with me. Just pray with me today as we just pray together and thank God for how good he is. God, thank you so much today. Ah, thank you so much today, Lord, for all that you've done for us, for all that you do continually in our lives, Lord. And we just thank you today for the resurrection. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that it's a beautiful celebration, God. And it's a great honor, Lord, today to be able to do this today with your people, celebrate and worship you today. And God, we just honor you and give you thanks and give you praise. And Lord, I ask, I ask you today, God, to speak to every heart today. Every person, every heart, every person who hears this message today, let their ears be open. Let their ears be open today to hear truth today from your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Levi, the Easter story is amazing. Yeah, I especially love to give them, baby. Do you want to tell a story? Sure. It goes like this. Once upon a time, Jerusalem was a hobbling place. The holiday was called Passover. Jesus came by donkey transport. Hosanna was the password. All branches were everywhere. People called him king. Days later, nothing was the same. From grand entrance to final meal. From the mat to the garden. Purchased 37 coins. Jesus was betrayed. And Jesus was arrested. <gasps> it was just awful. The helpers and the governor interrogated Jesus. The evidence wasn't to the dirt. And the whole thing was rigged. Even the crowd. And children crucified him. Jesus was stripped. Jesus was ripped. Jesus was mocked. Jesus was tortured. A wool crown of thorns. Ouch! That hurt! They hung him on a cross. And it wasn't a pretty sight. Jesus cried, It is finished. And breathed his last. They laid him in a tomb. And they sealed it with a very big rock. The tomb was full. After the Sabbath, the women went to the tomb. Nothing had prepared them for the surprise that waited. The tomb was was empty! The angel said to the women, Don't be afraid. He's not here. He is risen. Take it out yourself. 
Now go tell everyone. This great news. It's still good news today. That tomb is still empty. And Jesus still lives. And that's the only hope for you and me. And this crazy world that we live in. It's not complicated, really. We have a Savior. Jesus Messiah. He died for us. When I survey, he was for us. Up from the grave he arose, he lived for us. Because he lives, so we worship him. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt, forgiven and redeemed. This is amazing grace. And that's what Easter is all about. Go tell everyone this great news. That tomb is still empty. Christ is risen from the Come on, man. How cool is that? <clears throat> How cool is that? Go ahead and do what they said. Tell your neighbor, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Oh, man. I love, 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 love that video. Um, so it's precious. It's so cool. I love it. Um, it's, it's the Mullen family uh, who posts about videos like that. They have a beautiful stories of adoption. Uh, we love adoption around here. And so uh, beautiful, beautiful video. I'm just, I'm, I'm really cool uh, how much I look, how I look at that video and what it just kind of like, uh, gets me pumped. You know, you just want to squeeze them. And because uh, they're so cute. And uh, I love that. One of my, one of my leaders actually uh, put, uh, sent that to me uh, this past week. And uh, they're like, Pastor, uh, you're going to have tough competition trying to preach the Easter message this good. And I, I was like, yeah, I can't touch that. You know, I can't. That, that's awesome. And I, I love it. And I'm just, uh, I'm just, I think it's just the cutest thing ever. And, uh, but as I was, I was kind of, uh, got sent that and kind of what God's been doing in me as I prepared for this message today, it was really that video was just kind of perfectly placed and right on time sent, sent to me just kind of because of what God's been kind of been doing in my life. Because uh, this kind of video like that kind of, um, again, not taken away from it. That's the bomb. Uh, I love it. Uh, but it's kind of what I've kind of done with Easter in the past, that video. And like what a lot of places have done with, with Easter and the resurrection, they've kind of taken it and really made it as cute as it possibly can be. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because it is. And, and we just want to make it so cute. And, uh, and we want to come to church and we want to you know, have Easter and, and, and get in here and celebrate the resurrection. And we just want to just kind of get together, have fun with it. And it's just so cute. And, and it's just so beautiful. And, and God, I love that. But um, I don't know. This year kind of is a little bit different for me. Um, Kind of what God's been doing because a lot of times I kind of have the pressure put on myself. I do that, and a lot of pastors do that. Like, man, hey, this is a big day. This is a big year, and you have people who will come and check out the church and maybe hang out with you, and, and uh, you know, maybe if you say the right things, they'll come back. Maybe if you, if you make the gospel real cute or if you make Easter kind of it's precious enough, somebody will say yes to that, and they'll maybe surrender to that and uh this year, God's been kind of doing some stuff a little bit different in me, and I feel like he was kind of wanting me to share and take things a little bit different direction. And um, I just couldn't go the same way I would typically go. And I'm not, again, against just coming in and just preaching the resurrection of Jesus. And matter of fact, I'm so for it that I preach the resurrection of Jesus every week, and we celebrate the gospel every week around here, and, and we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. And I love it so, so much. 
But today he was just kind of messing with me this whole week. I've had some of the leadership just praying specifically for me because of my struggle that was going on. But I didn't just feel like I could just get up here this year and, and just kind of preach just the resurrection the way I've preached it in the past. And again, I don't think I've preached it wrong. I don't think other churches who may be preaching the resurrection as a great package are doing that wrong. That's not a knock on them, but I do feel like that God was wanting us to hear something today. And whether this is our you know, very first time here, you come here every week, I feel like God was wanting to do something. And so at first I was kind of like, am I just kind of supposed to pull back and just kind of like not even kind of acknowledge so much Easter than the same old light? I, we're doing a study right now on Sundays. Uh, it's called a series called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And I'm loving that series, man. It's so cool. And it's not because I'm preaching it. It's not that. It's because it's the Bible. And uh, what we're doing is we're looking at Old Testament stories and we're just reading those stories together and seeing Jesus come to life in those stories. It is so much fun. I love it. And I almost just kind of just just got to preach the next message in that today. And, and it kind of, kind of, kind of pulled me back. And then kind of had this thing going on in my head. I kind of got the, um, uh, the Christmas with the cranks mindset for just a brief moment. Has anybody ever seen Christmas with the cranks? It's okay. You're in church. You can repent for watching a movie that's not about Jesus. You know, uh, <clears throat> it's all good. But it, the movie Christmas with the Cranks, the entire kind of premise of the movie is it is a, it's a family. It's a couple who for all the years growing up have made kind of, have gotten involved with this typical Christmas. Typical Christmas can be cool. It can be exciting. But they get, you know, they decorate their house. They, they have the family come over and it's all kind of fun. It's all good or whatever. But they said, man, this year we're going to kind of like do our own thing. We're going to like do our own deal. We're going to do Christmas with the cranks. We're going to do it our way. And we're just going to kind of totally go against the norm. And, and so I was kind of going to do that at first. I almost hashtagged today Easter with the cranks. <laughs> and, uh, done. You can still do that. That may pop up and be an interesting feed later on. But, um, uh, but I, I kind of pulled back and didn't exactly go that way as well. But I knew God was, I knew he was kind of doing something to me. And, and I think he's doing something to me because he wants to do something in you today. I, th- I think he wants to do something special in your heart. I think he wants to open up your eyes today to just how important the resurrection is and how serious that is what Jesus did for us. And so I, I kind of have to kind of be obedient. And I'm thankful for this church. Uh, if you're new here, this church, they, it's just really cool. It's, it's different in a lot of places. Uh, the pressure to perform as a pastor has been set free from that and relieved from that. And I can honestly just get up here and share as the Holy Spirit leads and puts some in my heart. And, and, and you guys let me do that. Thank you. And as Easter came in, I had to do this. I, I, I saw last week we're in Egypt the churches there, the Christians who are being persecuted, were bombed, and their their their, their entire church was partial up, burnt, blown up, and, and burned, and dozens of deaths. And I'm going, wait a minute, you know something? People are dying for the resurrection. You hear that? They're dying for Easter, and they're. They're, they're, they're doing this sometimes different than what we do in America. And so I 
again, Eastern America and Eastern just kind of a lot of the world, there, there's 7.5 billion people in, in America right now, I believe the little ticker to counter, the population counter is at, somewhere around there, 7.5 billion. And what's really cool about Easter is this, I love it, is that Easter does this. Easter is one of those days where it causes people to, to come in and zero in on certain things that are so important, they're so needed, so crucial. It does that. Easter does that. And, and what it does is this, it's caused like millions of people today. Millions of people today are doing this. They're letting the resurrection just kind of like shape their day. They're allowing that to happen. They're, they're allowing the resurrection to kind of shape their day and what their day looks like. And they're scheduling their day different. And they're doing things different in their life. They're making specific things a little bit more important and doing things a little bit different way. I love that. It's so beautiful. But the resurrection shouldn't just shape one day out of our year. The resurrection shouldn't even just shape one day out of our week. It should be something that shapes every day of our life. It should, it should cause us to, to do things in a way that honors Him and glorifies Him. And, and, and the resurrection, I mean, that He had power over the, over the grave, over death itself. And because Jesus is alive today, you and I have the opportunity to have life. Oh man, it's, it's incredible. And there's so many times, there's so many ways we kind of do this. We let this day shape us because this is Easter. But then what happens a lot of ways, the other 364 days out of the year, just like millions today are letting this day be shaped by the resurrection. We'll go back to life as normal. And go back and, and no longer allow what Jesus did for us to shape their life. I was like, man, and, and I cannot just kind of get up and just, just say everything the way maybe I've said it in the past and, and done things. I have, I have to kind of date it to really zero in on, on some things that are a little bit different God's putting on my heart because I read scriptures and I look at Paul and, and something that he says in scripture and, and one of his epistles and one of his letters in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 30, he starts off and he's speaking of what's going on. And he says this, he says, and why do you think I keep risking my neck in this dangerous work? Now, this is a message uh, version of scripture. It's written in the English language, real easy and modern for us to understand. And he says, why am I risking this? He says, I look death in the face practically every day I live. Do you think I would do this if I wasn't convinced of your resurrection and mine? He was convinced that, man, what Jesus did brings life to, to us. That the resurrection power of Jesus is something that resurrects us from dead sin and dead life. This is what the resurrection does. He says, I'm convinced of this. I, I convinced so much. It is a guarantee by the resurrected Messiah, Jesus, because Jesus was resurrected. I can have resurrection life. I can have hope today is what he's saying. And he says this. He says, do you think I was just trying to act heroic? When I fought the wild beast at Ephesus, hoping it wouldn't be the end of me. Hmm. This, is, this is amazing. Not on your life. It's resurrection. Resurrection. And always resurrection that undergirds what I do and say the way I live. If there's no resurrection, we eat, we drink, and next day we die and that's all there is to it. 
Now he's saying that if, if, this is, if this is not this resurrection thing that we're preaching today, that we're, we're celebrating today, if that's not real, if that didn't happen, then we, we're just kind of just really right now, we're wasting our time. We might as well do this. We might as well just go ahead and go out and hide eggs and, and, and eat the meal and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm not opposed to hiding eggs. And you know, some of you are like, man, I've heard of churches, they don't let you. I, well, I guess that's cool. I did it with all of our kids. We have fun with it, and they're all going, Christians going to heaven. You know, so there's nothing wrong with, 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 with doing that kind of stuff. That's okay. It's all right. It's cool. It's cool. But what he's saying is that if this resurrection didn't happen, if, if this didn't go down the way that it went down, I might as well just eat and drink, go and do our thing, and this means nothing. But if this is true, this should shape every day. This should, this should shape how I do things and how I live my life and what I do with my life and, 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 and how I live. And I, 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 again, as I've been struggling with some of what God has been putting on my heart, I, I put out a post. Man, just the, the Spirit of God has just been wrecking me as I was studying for this, this message. And somebody put on my, my status, they commented on it, and it was, just, it was very thoughtful and it was beautiful. And they're a Christian, they love Jesus, and I know what they meant by it. And I was like, that's awesome. And they said, man, they said, I'm praying for you. They said, man, Easter is our Super Bowl. It's like this, this, yeah. But then I was kind of like, that's kind of what we've made it. You know, we've kind of made it. We've kind of like, we've made it. Okay, this is the big game. This is the big day. And people who never watch football watch football. I don't never watch football. I watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, kind of football falls in hunting season, and, and I can't priorities, man. You know, you know, <clears throat> so <clears throat> I don't watch much of but I watch the Super Bowl. I'm like, you know, that's kind of like this, the Super Bowl. But you know what happens? The Super Bowl's over with. And then what we do is this, man, it was a good game. It was awesome. We kind of grade the teams. We kind of look at it, who did good and who did bad. And, and we kind of made Super Bowl. You know, Easter Super Bowl, we've kind of brought that into church a little bit. We come in, and we're like, hey, it's a Super Bowl, it's a big day, and it's a big game. And, yeah, praise team did okay, and pastor did pretty good. And, man, that was cool. I really liked that. Yeah, that was awesome. But, like, Super Bowl, we say, man, I wonder when Super Bowl is going to become, oh, it's another year. It's a year from now. You know what we kind of do? We go back to life. We go back, and we do things, and we kind of just... Super Bowl is kind of a big deal. It's kind of cool. But you know something? Man, the resurrection of Jesus. Super Bowl brings in crowds. And again, this is not, this is not like if you're first time here and, and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, man, I'm hoping you like can, can really see down into my heart what I feel like God is wanting us to see. If you're a member here and you come here every week, I hope you're seeing this. That Again, that we have to see this more serious than what we see, that how real the resurrection and what this means for us. And, and I started looking at it. I was like, man, okay, if I can't just go in and just preach kind of like what I want to do, Jesus' life. And, and that's awesome. I was like, man, let's do what Jesus would do. Jesus would do this. And I started reading scripture, sort of looking at it. And so Jesus did this when, when it was like the Super Bowl and everybody came together. It was bigger crowds than normal. When everybody got together, I thought, man, I started seeing the things that Jesus said when everybody got together. 
I was like, oh my goodness. And so I started seeing stuff that he would begin to just share. So these are the things that, that Jesus was saying. And as the crowds, you know, kind of got big and as they came in and everybody, everything kind of came together. This is the stuff that Jesus was saying. This is straight from the Bible in Luke chapter eight. You should be there by now at verse four. He says this, he says, and when a great multitude had gathered, Easter Sunday morning came, and or when everybody had come together, or when, when the, the crowds were great, this great multitude, everybody got together and had come to him from every city. People come from everywhere. He spoke by a parable. He says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang it up and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears, let him hear. And I'm like, you get everybody together. Jesus, everybody comes together and you open with that. Y'all thought my Easter with the cranks hashtag thing was bad. He just come come up in there and get in people's business and say, yeah, you know what's, what's going to happen? There's going to be the seeds sent out and it's going to fall on some ground and, and it's going to just wash away and I'm going to be open to that and and, and some, some is going to open up their hearts to that, that word that goes forth and, and, and it, it's going to get inside of them. And what it's going to do, it's going to bring forth life in them and out of them. And I was like, man, then I, now it's making sense. That's cool. But the disciples even struggle with this. They, they say in verse 9, his disciples asked him saying, what does this parable mean? What? what? What does this mean? And, and, and he said, verse 10, he says, uh, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And Jesus said, man, I just want to get some seed in them, but even though I want that for them, you know what's going to happen? Some are just going to let it just wash right away. <laughs> For some, it's not going to change them, and it's not going to mean anything to them. And he says, so I'm going to try to do this, but it is the ones who have the ears of the Spirit day to hear what he's saying and, and, to, and to grab hold of what's being, being sent forth. Man, Jesus, you, you get the big crowd together, and this is the kind of stuff you say. And he says stuff a lot of times, and they scratch their head and say, what does this mean? And it was just like the Holy Spirit has hit me. And I think it's true. If you've been in this a while, sometimes following Jesus doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. Following, following Jesus is not to come in, and, and, and it's not the, the, the little cool video, and the tomb is empty, and, and then I go back. Life. Jesus didn't say that when he got the big crowds together and he says these things, and just sometimes it doesn't make sense. And he was saying this He said, You're going to get this because you're one of my disciples and you're following me and you're, you're, you're going with me. And, and some people are not going to get it. And what he's really wanting to do is this He's trying to raise up disciples. And you know what he's told the church to do? The church is supposed to do this. The church is commissioned, it is the commandment for us as a church to make disciples. That's what he said. He, he didn't say make people happy. 
He said, make disciples. And this is what I've seen, though. If, if, I'm, if someone becomes a disciple, in the end, they're happy. Because for all eternity, they go to heaven and be with Jesus. Man, that don't get any better. That's awesome. But what he's telling us is this. He's saying, you can't be a disciple by just coming in and hearing this, the word and letting it just kind of wash away. It has to come and it has to take root in your heart and get inside of you. I was like, okay, this is it. Je- Jesus is just, he don't mess up, he don't sin, but okay, that was just kind of like a one-time thing, right? The, the big crowds come together and everybody gets together and he says something to challenge them. And then as you read and study on, Jesus kind of made a habit of doing this. He started saying things. You can find this in John chapter 6. And uh, in John chapter 6, Jesus does these like, cool miracles. And like, that's what he does. Jesus does cool miracles. And, and, and he, he takes five loaves, two fish. You may have heard the story. And he multiplies it. And he takes it and feeds. They, the Bible says like 5,000 men plus women and children, some 15,000, 20,000 people, some scholars would say. All these people, this great miracle. And that's awesome. That is cool. That's like, man, Jesus, do that again. That's amazing. And so what that does is what, what it should do. It brings a lot of people in. And so like Jesus gets them all together again. He's like, all these people. He's like, okay, now tell them everything is going to be like awesome. And Jesus says this, five loaves, two fish, thing kind of enjoyed or whatever. You need to do this. You got to follow me and you got to kind of eat my flesh, drink my blood. Nah. Fish and bread, yes. Body and blood, I'm no. We're not going to go that way. But Jesus is saying something again. He's saying that you got to come in and be in a relationship where literally I'm in you, you and me, and this exchange happens. He's, he's saying a lot of things here in this passage. And uh, again, they hear him say this in front of the big crowd. And, you know, some of these disciples is really kind of in it for the money. And, and Judas was trying to build a little, his own little kingdom and get some funds going on. And he's like, Jesus, don't preach that one again because it runs people off. Don't do that again. Everything, that's not working now. And Jesus gets up and says those types of things that this is what they do in verse 60. It says, therefore, many of his disciples, people who were once following him, when they heard this and said, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Jesus is awesome. Does this offend you? Um, does this offend you? Because I know it's not pretty and it's not, oh, from the grave he rode, little tomb is it D. And again, that's wrong. But he's saying there's something else going on. And then in verse 66, this happens. This is how Jesus did it. It said, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. How? Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? I hear this. Walk away. Walk him no more. Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom Shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And, and he, 
man, this is serious. Jesus is taking this whole big crowd stuff serious. He's not taking it like I've taken it. He's, t- he's not just trying to make everybody hear things that just make, they want to hear. He's telling them what they need to hear. And again, as a church, we should do everything we can do to make the crowd the biggest it can be every week. You as a part of this church, I challenge you, please go and get your friends and your friends and your family and get them in church and bring them together. We have to come together. We have to preach the gospel. We have to preach Jesus, but we have to do this. We have to get everybody together and tell them everything Scripture says and what the truth and the matter is. And this is what he does. This is what Jesus does. And when he does it, it kind of makes me pull back. And I kind of got to think, and we, one more passage, one more story, kind of like the others. You see the big crowd come together and in Luke 14. It's like Jesus has a chance to, like, he's going to get it right this time. All right? I mean, you know, we have two services here, and, and this is kind of like what I do. You know, I've had the 9 a.m. service, and afterwards, I kind of like ask the team, all right, what did I mess up? Do I need to do anything a little different? Is everything good? Is there anything kind of like? And then, you know, I could almost kind of see this happening. Jesus comes, and Jesus is preaching Easter. He's preaching a big one in 9 o'clock of service, and he kind of gets up and starts saying everything, and everybody's going like, what plan on this one? 11, 11 a.m. service, and him and the pastor, they get together after 9 a.m. service. They start talking, and... and, and Maybe not go quite as heavy on them, Jesus. Eleven a.m. service begins in Luke chapter fourteen, verse twenty-five. He says in verse twenty-five. Now the great multitude went with him, and he turned and he said to them, "Look at Jesus." If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Pastor's in the back going, not that one. We want them to come back. We, want everybody, we don't want to run off the members we already have. We, we don't want to do that. No. <laughs> Jesus says, you got to hate these people. Now, please understand the context. He's not, he's not saying that you hate your Brothers and sisters and wives. Some of y'all are like, man, that's easy for me. I'm good with that. That was good. I, I hate my family. They get on my nerves. My, my, you know, don't deny it. That's not saying that. What, what he's saying here is this. He's saying in comparison to the love that you have for him, the love that you have for them should look like hatred. That's what he's saying here. He's trying to draw this in. And, it, and this is something much bigger than this. And he's saying this, that, that you cannot be my disciple. And then he goes on. It's like, man, Jesus, don't say this one. Don't do it. And then whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And then he, just, he goes into it. He's wanting them to see the seriousness of following him. He, he says, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first to count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation is not able to finish all who see it, begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. You know what he's saying there? It's this. This relationship with me, this is an everyday thing for life. That's what the resurrection should mean to us. It's, it's, it's something that this should mean this for us. And, and I'm like, man, Jesus asked some big things of us. He asked some serious things from us. Man, why would he? You know why? He has a right to do that. 
He's Jesus, and he has the right to do that. You know why? Because this is what he did for us. He gave everything for us. He didn't just say, you may have to take one up, and you may have to do this. He took one. He took a cross, and he got on, and he laid on that cross for us, and he gave his life for us. He did all of these things for us. And I don't apologize today for sharing Jesus' words. What I apologize today is if I've done this, if I've lessened in the past, on Sundays or on Easter Sundays in the past, if I've lessened the importance of what following Jesus really looks like. Because this is a very serious, serious thing. You know what? Jesus is worth it. He's worth it. And these guys saw it. The ones that followed him to the end who really saw how serious this was, they laid down their life. They gave everything for him. And they said, man, he is worth it. And we celebrate this today, the fact that, man, Jesus was resurrected from the grave. And it's just so beautiful. We've been seeing the post about it. And again, man, this is, this is awesome. And a great friend of mine, he wrote this on his Facebook post. And, and I just copied and pasted because it, it was just cool. And he just posted uh, that he says that the crowds that were worshiping Jesus when one week shouting Hosanna and waving palm branches just a few days later were shouting crucify him. I don't think it was all the same people. I think there were some mixed in because we know some followed him and walked with him and laid everything down and, and followed him and got serious. But you have this, and that's the story of what Jesus does in the last week here. And he comes in on this donkey and he's riding into town and they're yelling, they're shouting now, Hosanna, Hosanna. You know what that means? That means this. That means to, that literally it means that he's begging them, him to save them. That's what he's doing. He's saying, Hosanna, I beg you to save us, save us, save us. It's awesome. That's so cool, man. Everybody's like getting serious about this. And man, they're getting pumped up. That man, Hosanna, God, save me. How does it? They, one week later, change their wording. How do they go from saying, save me, to crucify? I beg you to save me. I beg you. I had someone ask me this just the other day. They were like, man, why did that happen that way? Why in one moment were they doing that? Why were they ye- yelling and shouting and saying, Hosanna, save me, God, save me? And they saying, kill him? And it's, sometimes just stuff kind of comes out. And before I even thought about it, I just I answered it this way. It's because he didn't come on their terms. He didn't do it their way. And I think we've done this with sometimes Easter and following Jesus. And we want to follow him on our terms instead of his. And, 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 and the resurrection of Jesus happened to make disciples, not to make people happy. The resurrection of Jesus happened to bring life to dead people, not to just get numbers up. We have to take the resurrection of Jesus serious. Why is it so serious? Why is it such a big deal? Why is the resurrection such a big deal? Because the resurrection is such a big deal. Because to be a resurrection, it means there had to be a death. Jesus died. In order for him to die, there must have been a very big price that had to be paid. We were singing that just a few moments ago, that our sin and God's wrath 
were paid for with Jesus. Jesus says stuff. Sometimes it challenges us. But in the end, it will save us if we open the ground of our heart and receive it and don't just let it wash away. Because this is what Jesus also says in John chapter 11, verse 25, my last verse for the day says, Jesus speaking. He's having this conversation with the lady. And Jesus speaking to this woman said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me. Oh, man. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he does this. He asks the question, do you believe this? You believe this. As the worship team comes, I, I want you to just listen as intently and close as you can as I ask the question that Jesus asked. I don't know of a better Easter message than just saying what Jesus said and asking what Jesus asked. And he asked this. Do you believe this? Now one of the things that we've done and We've, we've kind of have kind of messed up in some areas, our thinking, and we've kind of gotten off a little bit of areas and, and as we read Scripture sometimes because we take a Scripture that was written either in the Hebrew or the Greek, depending on old or new, and, 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 and we hear a word, and, and then we kind of put our English understanding of that word on things. And this is one of those words that we've done that. Jesus asked the question, do you believe this. Now, if I ask you to, to raise your hand today, you believe this? Probably the majority of hands would go up in here. That's awesome. That's, I mean, again, that's so, that's so awesome. That's, that's cool. Yeah, I believe, I believe in Jesus' resurrection life. I'm here today because it's, it's Easter, man, and, it, and that Jesus got up. I, yeah, I, I believe that. But you know what we've done? We've kind of made believe in our English language understanding. Kind of, I acknowledge that. You know something? I believe. I believe, yeah. You know what that word really means in Scripture? It means to fully rely and surrender to. You know what Jesus is asking? Just Surrender. And so this is, this is what's a trip by the message like this. I love how God works. Some of us have heard this message today, and we've been saying, wait a minute, this thing's harder than what I thought it was, and, and i got to do more, and it's going to be difficult, because I can't, I can't I'm, I'm barely struggling to get here. I'm ready. That's not what he's saying. You know what he's saying? Surrender. Give it over to him. Because I can promise you this, on your own strength, trying to be a better person and trying to do more and trying to grab that cross he talked about and, and trying to partake of him. Then, yeah, good luck. But you know what you can do? You can surrender. 
You say, God, I can't do this on my own. It's got to be you. And in this room right now, there are some people that need to surrender. This is surrender. Not I'm going to do. This is surrender. I give it over. And the neat little resurrection story of the tomb is empty. Everything will be good if you just believe it here. I'll see that there. Do you know what I see in Scripture? That when you surrender to God, when you really give it over to Him, when you see how beautiful He is, guys like Peter that were denying Him when Jesus was crucified were later seeing after the resurrection, I'll give my life for that Jesus Listen today. This thing only works. This Easter only makes sense for you when you surrender. Not when you just show up. Not when you just go. No, it only makes sense when you surrender. I want you to do this for me, but I want you just to stand. If you come here weekly, you know we always close our our service with a song. We have an incredible team who prays and and just really seeks God for the direction of songs and talk about these things. They want to be in line with stuff. It's amazing what God does during the times like this. And we close it out with this song because a couple of things need to happen. Please, don't let right now just you standing and kind of getting in the mode set of going on. Listen, don't let Easter just shape one day. Don't let it just shape one day a week. Let it just shape every day of your life. And I want you to do something. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. And as, again, we close out our service with a song. It's for a couple of reasons. It's for a couple of reasons. During the time of song, we open our altars up. And this church prays for one another. I don't know if you've, you know, if you've never been to a church where they do that. Again, that's what the Bible tells us to do. And so we pray for one another. He, he, he wants us to do that. And so we pray and we take that serious. And we believe God moves and, and, and does great things during a time of prayer. And It's not because of us. It's because we're going to Him. You know what we're doing during that time? We're surrendering everything over to Jesus. So we pray. We also, we close it out because we want to spend some time in ending that service the way it should be ended. That's in giving worship to God and giving praise and honor to Him and clearing our minds of everything else. So today, I want to ask you the question that Jesus would ask you if He were standing here today. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Ah, yeah, I, I, I think so. I, do you surrender? Have you surrendered? I mean, I surrender my life to God, man. It's the greatest thing ever happened. 
Has it always made sense? Nope. Has it always just been good? Nope. It's the greatest decision I ever made, though. Best thing I've ever done. Ask any Christian here. Ask any believer here. Ask anyone who's already surrendered. And I want to ask you, do you believe this? Not, listen, do you believe this? And as your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I want to ask you. We have many people in our first service, it was so beautiful, that needed to surrender some things to God. Many of them were members of our church and who come here and, and are part of our church and faithfully attend and serve and give. It was amazing, but there's some things they were saying, there's some things I got to surrender. Listen today. Let's take the resurrection serious. Let it shape us today. Do you believe this?